Praise God. Go to Matthew chapter 13. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, First gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. Now if you go to verse 36, it says, Then Jesus sent the multitudes away and went into the house. And his disciples came and said to him, Explain to us the parable of the tares and the wheat. He says, and he tells them plainly, he answered and said to them, He who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. But the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. There's so many things I could teach here. I'm going to try to restrain myself because there's so many layers. Number one, I'll just tell you the brief ones. This is a perfect picture of Judgment Day. Is that all these things are going on and you have tares among wheats. Uh, among wheat. So the wheat are the sons of God. He tells us exactly what it means. And then the tares are the sons of the devil. And they've been sowed there by the enemy. And it says these are growing together. And in the church today, around the world, I mean, I just came from Bavaria, where everyone says they are Christian only because their ancestors were Catholics. That's, that's all. That's it. Not even my mom, not even my grandfather. Our roots in Bavaria are Catholic. So we are Christians. That's it. If you said, what does that mean? They'd go, we are Bavarian. What's that mean? We are Christians. Why? Because we are Bavarian. The big circle conversation. They didn't even understand it. But we have more than that. We have, I'm Baptist. I'm Pentecostal. I'm born again. I go to church. I go to Deliverance Bible Church. I get real excited and run and deliver Bible church. And we find out through the years that some of those people are just as lost as they were the first time they came here. And God says there's tares and there's wheats growing at the same exact time. You have, they all look the same. It all looks the same. But there is real and there is false. Maybe your wife's born again. You go to church, you're acting born again, but you know there's been no conversion. Maybe your husband, maybe your mom, whatever it is. It's like your relationships. Sometimes in, this, in America, we gather ourselves around places and people that make us feel better. So many people gather themselves for a time period around churches. This is why people go from church to church. Usually if they have a Christian conviction, they'll stay within churches, but they'll go to one, to another, to another. Because they're looking for a society that makes them feel better, but they're not really looking for Jesus to take over. Because as we've learned, Jesus is a wonderful, loving dictator. He's a wonderful, I mean, he's totally, totally in control. And he doesn't want part of your life, you know, most of your life. He wants all of your life. He demands it. He demands allegiance, and he does it because he can. He's been so good to us. I mean, man, he poured out his blood on behalf of sinners. You know, Christ died for us while we were sinners. 
while we were condemned, hell bound, that's when he does it. He doesn't die for his you know, friends that are championing him on the side. He dies for the ones that hate him. And he dies for, and then he says, now if you'll repent, turn from your sin and put your trust in me, give me your life. Give it all to me. And most of us are like, I need my sins washed away. I, I want to go to heaven. I, I want to feel better, but I don't want to get rid of my life. And he's like, you can't, you can't come then. You have to pick up your cross and follow me or you're not worthy of me. You have to say goodbye to mother and father and brother and sister or whatever else. You're not worthy of me. If you put your hand on that plow and you look back, you're not worthy of me. He's like, you got to be all the way in or all the way out. And we live in a society where everyone thinks you can be mostly in. And if you're mostly in, you're not. All, but God says, if you're mostly in, you're all the way out. So in America, we have these new terms. We say, well, my son's a prodigal. He made a commitment for the Lord, but now he doesn't serve the Lord. But we believe he's going to make it. Based on what? Guess what? He's under greater condemnation because he once professed to love God and now he walked away from God. That's worse, man, that's worse than if you had never heard is what the Bible says. That the end condition is worse than the beginning. If you, I mean, literally, to know and then turn away is worse than to never know. But we have all these theories, we have all these concepts, all these systems. And what happens is he says you have wheat and you have tear. They all look the same. They all look the same. And in the end, they'll all be revealed. But then as Christians, we have this other idea. Now, I know God has called us to create a strong Christian community around the world. I mean, that's what we're called to do. The body of Christ is called to keep each other focused on Christ. But sometimes we believe in ministry, we start thinking that it's our job to get rid of the tares. And so you spend all your time trying to get rid of tares. Oh, that guy's a tear. He looks like a tear, you know. That guy's a tear. Oh, you and your mom are tares, I tell you what. You're a tear. And you know, like I say, you know, we, so what happens is you start focusing on tears. You start, you know, you're looking for weeds everywhere and you stop building the body. Because Jesus says, no, don't worry about it. No, don't worry about it. He goes, no, don't worry about it. He goes, I'll take care of that at the end of the age. He goes, you worry about the wheat. And sometimes we spend all our time looking at tares and we forget, we lose sight of the harvest. Back to verse 24. And before I read, I just want to give you one little thing. Is that It says in verse 37, real fast, it says, He answered and said to them, He who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. He who sows the seed is Jesus. However, Jesus has a way of planting seeds. Jesus, well, remember, look, your, look at the harvest. It's white, ready. And he says, pray that the, the Lord of the harvest will send out laborers. Well, why? Because Jesus' way of seeding the earth with the gospel is through man. And he does it specifically with the word because God, Jesus is the word. And from the very first pages, he does things by the word. And so the word is supernatural. It's not like this mindset of, I'm just going to go for it and see what happens. Oh, see, I went broke. Oh, see, I didn't get healed. That's just a thought. But it's when the word of God is ripped open to you and you go, wow, I can put my life on the line for that. And that's what happened with conversion. That's true conversion. It's the witness of the Holy Spirit. As Christians are filled with the Holy Spirit, we live on the witness of the Holy Spirit. And so it says here that Jesus sows the word, but he does it through people. And so now back to 24. It says, he put this parable forth and it says, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. So that's first of all. That's first of all. That Jesus is sowing seed through his people in the field. What's the field? The word says it's the world. Okay, so Jesus is putting the seed of the gospel in the world. That's what he's doing. How's he doing it? Through you and me. And so it says, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in the field. Now follow that. Jesus sowing it through man. Okay, then verse 25. But while men slept, what happened? He was sowing the seed by man in the world. He was releasing the gospel by mankind into the world. But then it says, 
But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. We, we were in Munich and we're, sowing, we're throwing out the gospel. This, someone says, so are you guys Scientologists? I was like, whoa, I'm not even in California right now. Like what? Like Scientology? I mean, that was just such a strange, well, you know, you're in Hollywood. They always think you're a Scientologist. And I thought, Scientologist? Like how random is that? I said, is that very popular? Oh yeah, it's everywhere. And we walked away from that and they said, you know, someone else asked us that today. I thought, they've been here before us. Why? Because the Christians are asleep. And while the Christians were asleep, and what does it mean to be asleep? They're not doing the work of the Lord. While they were asleep, the enemy came in and sowed nonsense. It's when we sleep as Christians that all this stuff, why is, why is London overtaken by Islam? Because they've forgotten the work of John Wesley. They've forgotten, they've forgotten, you know, Whitfield. They've forgotten the work. They forgot what it took. Why is D.C. overrun by angry, weird people, you know? Because they've forgotten how it started. Why did they forget? Because we went to sleep. Did they forget because they wanted to forget? No, because someone stopped telling them to wake up. While men slept, the enemy came and sowed tares. He sows things that look spiritual. He sows things that look intelligent. He sows things, and guess what? It's all nonsense. And here we are, you know, spiritually fat Christians all over the world. We're sitting on Bibles. We've got Bibles on shelves everywhere, you know, everywhere in our house. They're all dusty. Nobody reads them. And we think, well, if someone's going to get born again, they'll come to us. When there's not anything, there's nothing, it's nothing like that. Do you know why Acts chapter 2 came? Because they were wanting Mark 16, 15. And I just want to say this before, you know, before I close. You've heard it so many times, but Charles Spurgeon's great, great line that I'll use forever. He says, you know, every Christian's either a missionary or an imposter. And I don't think there's anything truer than that. I think mostly we're imposters. I challenge you, tomorrow, find someone, give them the gospel. You say, what do I tell them? You tell them to turn from their sin and put their trust in Jesus. That's so simple. That's so simple. The Holy Spirit's going to reveal uh, sin, righteousness, and judgment. We need to start making up for a whole bunch of sleeping generations. And it's so easy. All we need is the Word of God, and we need the Holy Spirit. Well, guess what? We have so much of both. We have so much of both that we put, you know, Bible-believing, spirit-filled on all our stuff, right? How can we say that if we're not preaching the gospel? That's all you need, the Word of God and you need the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we need to redeem the time, right? Why? Because the days are evil. Why are the days evil? Because we've been sleeping and the enemy's been sowing tares.